our differences should never divide us. Actually, the beauty of the gospel is that he brings together different tribes, tongues, and nations, Mm. different cultures, different understandings. And while these secondary issues, they're variants of the gospel, they're perspectives of the gospel, sometimes the thing that makes us walk away from relationships isn't that that person is difficult, it's our own pride. And I think it's important in those secondary issue moments to remember the humility of our, the humility of approaching a God that is mysterious. What I mean by that is this, if there's ever a time where I think I've got all my theologies and doctrines in order that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, yep, nailed that one, nailed that one, nailed that dude, guys, I got them all right. Like none of us are going to have all of our theological bingo cards checked right. We're going to be wrong somewhere. Shocker. We're going to be wronged somewhere. And so in that sense, approach differences with humility. Could you be wrong humility. about that? Yeah, Oscar. I guess yeah. I could be. But then again, it proves me right. Yes. That I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> You're right. And so we have to approach differences amongst Christians with humility and with grace. And we have to remember that those differences will strengthen the understanding that we have on who God is. Today on the Living Waters Podcast, we're going to play Name That Country. We don't have to. And we're going to do it through very familiar sayings that we've heard many a time. New Zealand. Close. Yeah, my name Alan. This TV show I really like. Good. Get him! Belgian. Whoa! Did you look at my notes? Israel. Good, Belgium. Remember, eh, Belgium? Get him! Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> that was also Israel, though. Uh, no, no, they didn't say get him. That was just spitting. Okay. Um, here, you have mafia. You have all sorts. Italy. Good. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> what do I win? Okay, listen. Here, here's another one. Listen, Yank. <laughs> New Zealand. Christchurch. <laughs> Billy. Right. Uh, okay. You are of the desert. Israel. I don't need your kind. I don't want your kind. <laughs> Israel. Israel. No, there was five. <laughs> there were five spits. <laughs> yes. Do you want to give context to this? Uh, or is there another one? Uh, and one more. Oh. My name's Caroline. I'm a law-abiding England. citizen. This is El Natural, babe. UK. Well, that's right. Good, UK, Mark. we're going there. Is he doing good? Yeah. Is that good? This Sounds is, just like her. Yeah. <laughs> this, is from, this is from season four, all the strange yeah. folks. Oh, man, the memories. No, they weren't all from season four. One was season no, three. No, not all of them. Yeah, I was... Uh, PZ, yeah. uh, P, P Nasty? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, I should have done Cities, too. Is that New yeah. York? P Nasty? How you know I already said New York. <laughs> P Na- Get up on Seriously, Revelation. to this day, P Nasty has to be my all-time favorite. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys ever see the... I, I don't... We'll have to ask Eddie if this made it into the last season of Way of the Master, but I was interviewing somebody who, who said she was a witch, And uh, she was wearing like a Wiccan shirt and all that. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm a witch. I'm into witchcraft. And I was like, okay, so when you say witch, the first thing that comes to mind is that you're at home sitting over a bubbling cauldron casting spells. (laughs) Could you explain what it actually means? And she goes, well, I do have a cauldron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But you guys think of the experiences we've had, you know, all around the world and the blessedness of being a part of this ministry, the memories, the responses we've had from people who've said, man, I've watched your stuff and I now share the gospel. You know, we're just going out there, we're doing what we do, and God 
condescends to graciously take it and use it to touch others. Well, you have stirred me today because I want to do something I've been wanting to do for about 200 years, and that is take the cream of what you're talking about and put them into one little five-minute clip. Oh, did I just inspire you? For, for the live stream from London, we can fill in some oh, time with that. Oh, what a good idea, a Ray. fun thing to do. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. We, we, yeah. yeah. Alan. Yeah. My, Alan. My name Alan. This thing is sure I really like. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was seriously amazing. That was season four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ray, I mean, when you think through some of the highlights for you in evangelism over the years, uh, anything come to mind? Oh, yeah. Mario. Oh, Mario. Yeah. Take us, take us back to that. Where, yeah. where was that? Was that here in Bellflower? That was just yeah, around the corner here. I, was, um, I drove along on my electric bike through the pathway by the canal there, and I saw a guy standing by the tree, and I thought to myself, he won't want to come on camera because, as you guys know, it's real hard to get people on camera. Yeah. And hunting the beach, sometimes it's 40, 50 people. We ask before someone says, what's it about? Other people say, no, no. Not so bad here in Cerritos and Bellflower, but I went past this guy. I said, would you like to go on YouTube? And he just says, yes, and stepped straight forward. I thought, well, that was easy. And he started off real arrogant, nice-looking guy, very sincere about having it all together, knowing about this and that. And then as I went through the commandments, I saw a tear drip from his eye, and you can't see it on camera, but down his cheek. And it horrified me. I thought, no, this guy is genuinely contrite. And he just stepped back beside himself in contrition. Oh, it was. And, I mean, it was sobbing. It yeah, was, and I said, yeah. you know why you're crying? He says, because I have sinned. Because I've sinned. <laughs> yeah, oh. and it's had nearly 4 million views on YouTube. And, and it's n- absolutely no bells and whistles, no editing on that whole thing. Mm. It's got my fluffs going through it, wow. and uh, it touches people's hearts. So that's a highlight for me. It's, it's as yeah. good as being spat on in Israel. And Ray, that... that <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, memories. Uh, but that doesn't that give you incentive on the days when you don't feel like going, or on the days when it's you know you're you're just kind of feeling discouraged. Well, that's like, my prayer. Often I'll get on the bike, talk to my dog, and say, "Lord, give me a Mario." Oh, that's so good. And, uh, and it's a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder where Mario is. You know, you ever wonder about these guys? Oh yes. Remember one of our very first clips was that young man at Seal Beach. Yes, he was very contrite. That was the first clip. Was that the first? Yes, the first witnessing clip. That's the first time you ever witnessed on camera? On camera, like yeah, where the guy was over my shoulder. Wow. And it was such an answer to prayer for me because right from uh, 1982, when I witnessed to people, I thought, oh, and it was so hard to even think of imagining imagining it. Mm. I wish I had someone filming this over my shoulder because no. cameras there were sixteen millimeter, they're the size of a horse. Yeah. And there's all sorts of <laughs> there's all sorts of things you had to do to get the film, you know, a sixteen millimeter and stuff like that. And to get it was actually film. Yeah, it was actually film. Yeah, it was just a headache. So for that to happen, and it was a camera crew from another state that had come across to do an interview with me and they followed me out and we got it and it was just it was just very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are the moments in life. And the Seal Beach Kid is what we called that one. What, do we? Where is that? Do we have that it's as online. a standalone? Yeah, it's on 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 uh, I our YouTube look channel. That up again. I think yeah, it's called the first really... witnessing clip ever. That's ever. where Ray got the itch. And our YouTube channel. Let's pause for a moment. Our YouTube channel channels plural. Mm. Right. Mm. Ray has a second YouTube channel of just witnessing, and it has about forty five thousand subscribers right now. It's only a few months old. Yes. It's called Just Witnessing. Just Witnessing. Yeah. Ray hits the streets and there's no commentary. It's just Ray sharing the gospel. Yeah. And you can't get enough of that, right? C.J. Mahaney said, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Mm. And that's what we need to do. And as you watch these videos every day, and that's that's the charge. 
Watch a witnessing encounter every day. The gospel should not get old, and then it just becomes a part of you. Muscle memory on what to say yeah. next. And then our main YouTube channel has how many views and how many subscribers are we at now? Right? I think we're, we're getting close to a, a million and a quarter, like 1,250,000 almost uh, subscribers. That's amazing. And then we're almost at 240 million views. That is insane. <laughs> almost a quarter of a billion views, you know? And our mantra is preach the gospel and use words as necessary. <laughs> <laughs> if necessary, use amplification. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's good. All right, Browns, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the game we played. All right, here's a comment. This is uh, from... We played a game? Yeah, we played the oh, Name right. That Country. <laughs> okay, this is from Faith Has... Faith? Oh, Faith. Well, you've never done that. There we go. Oh, capital F. Said, this is only moved to our fluff the person's name section. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should faith, call it. Faith has faith in Christ. That's, uh, that's Easy, why don't we call that fluff the name section? <laughs> fluff the I should. You're right. <laughs> uh, life-changing. I'm 14 years old and love this podcast. Each and yeah. every one of you did something different in my life. Easy, you made me realize how important it is to have a good Christian husband. You talk about you and Rachel and the things you did, and wow. I, it makes me want someone who will treat me as you treat Rachel. Ray, the biggest way you impacted me is uh, with my passion to spread the gospel. I always knew I would go on a missions trip at least, but you brought that to a higher level. You are my role model. Mark, you remind me of my dad and my grandpa, both very passionate and wise. You have taught uh, me so much, and I find myself throughout the day quoting you. Oscar, you taught me to hate coffee. <laughs> Oscar, did I love Did you hear that. that laugh you just did? <laughs> <laughs> it was like evil, the evil laugh. Oscar, I love your humor. The biggest thing I think you helped me with is a realization that prayer impacts. God listens. You told the story of your grandma and how she would always pray for you, and here you are now. I've been praying for many people ever since. Wow. wow. Thank you all so much for everything you taught me. Keep going. Wow. What was her name? That's a 14-year-old. Faith. 14 Faith. Years old. Thank you so, so much for that meaningful comment. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Faith. That that means more to us than you'll ever know, and uh, keep pressing on in the Lord. I'm going to send that one to my, my kids right now. Yeah. All right, friends. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Living Waters Mugs. <laughs> Mugs, people are going to get so sick of the mugs. <laughs> but get the mugs, friends. I like this mug. It really warms my heart. It's a smug mug. And it'll warm your, your coffee. The smug no, mug. That's, that's what we should call it. <laughs> the smug mug. The smug it needs mug to be, club. It needs to be on our website as the smug mug. Yeah, uh-huh. that's good. I like that. Get the smug mug. And don't forget the Living Waters Study Bible. No, what? Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Wheezy, get it right. Oh, I can't. The Evidence Study Bible at go. Living Water. Is if I'm ever drowning, don't announce it. Just <laughs> <laughs> Ray Comfort is drowning. <laughs> Have you ever fun. noticed how much whenever Eric Hoven does an interview, he's always holding the Evidence always. Study Bible? He's always referring to it. He's always he's pushing yeah. it to people. We Praise the Lord. Eric. Hey, Eric, if you're listening, we know you don't listen. We're bitter, but hey, <laughs> hey Eric, if you ever do listen. All right, frowns. All What's right, the name listen. of Eric's ministry? Uh, creation creation today. today. Yeah. Yeah. I do, uh, side note, it is kind of funny because when we meet people in random places and they're like, oh, I listen to the podcast, you're like, you do, thank you. And then every now and then I've seen you go, do, do you listen to our podcast? And like, I'll have it. And you're like, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Come on. Oh. <laughs> All right. Today, guys, we are talking about actually a pretty important subject, more important than I think uh, people yeah. realize. Is it ever okay for Christians to cut someone out of their 
lives? Well, the answer is yes and no. Yes and no. Thank you for joining us. We're done. Yeah. um, Yeah, boy. Bitterness. Boy. 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 (laughs) Bitterness. Ray, did Ken Ham get you that skunk? I'm trying to remember. Who got you that little skunk back there? Wait, squirrel? (laughs) Yeah, really? Oh, we got a squirrel? (laughs) I didn't even mean that, but skunk No, no, someone sent it to me when I was wanting this before Ken sent me the real skunk. Ah. Someone sent me the little fake one, which is on a shelf. Why are you intrigued with skunks? What's that? (laughs) Oh, I, I wanted one. Seriously, I wanted it for evangelism. Did you know that? No. Yeah, in California, it's illegal to have a skunk. You can kill your baby in the womb, but you can't have a skunk. Ah. I wanted to get a skunk that was de-stunked, which you can do. You can get de-stunked skunks. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and have it as a pet. Just walk into anywhere, like stroking it, and have a little track that talked about how sin stinks in God's nostrils. So you cannot get a a, a like you can't a have a pet skunk that stinks. Yeah, it in does. California, <laughs> no, but other states. I mean, I could nip across to uh, Nevada and have a skunk, but I have to leave it at the border. That's terrible. It is. All right, friends. Enough of this silliness. Yeah. So bitterness <laughs> reigns supreme in people. Hurtful people reign in the world, and sin abounds all around us. And I think there are times when Christians really do find themselves in a place where. They are seriously questioning, is it okay to cut out this person or that person from them from my life? So you're talking about non-Christians? We cut ourselves off from... I'm world? talking about Christians and non-Christians. There are times when a Christian has done something to offend or hurt another believer, or it could be a family member, or it could be an old friend or whatever. Or even or a unsaved. young friend. Yeah, a young friend, <laughs> old friend, middle-aged friend. And I think... We find ourselves in that place where we, we genuinely ask that question. Is it ever okay in God's sight to say, I'm not talking to this person anymore? I'm not talking to this person ever. Or you Could know, you warn other people about that person on top of not talking to them? Yeah, exactly. Is this someone that I need to tell others about because they might you know, be harmful to them? So I, I want us to just kind of explore this because, first of all, it comes from a place where I'm grieved by a lot of the fallout that has happened between believers. And it grieves me whenever I talk to a believer who's been saved by Christ, who's been forgiven and greatly redeemed, and it's like, yeah, oh, I don't talk to them, or we haven't talked in years. Even people in families that are like part of Bible-believing, solid churches that love the Lord, but they don't talk to each other. I mean, that to me is problematic. But then we do have the issue where there are people that are abusive. Yeah, toxic behavior. Yeah, that are harmful to others. And is it okay to cut them out then? What about loving your enemies? How does that fall into come into play? You love them from a distance. (laughs) From far away, remote loving. (laughs) Remote loving. (laughs) There's a lot to unearth here, and I want to do that. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. 
Yeah, um, this reminds me. Could you tell Mark that I'm not talking to him anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Good old boy face. Can you guys imagine, seriously, if we do this but never talk to him? <laughs> we're all, we're all in separate Excuse me, rooms. what's your name again? <laughs> uh, the only time we come together and pretend like we're friends is <laughs> yeah. now. We all leave all the time. But you know that must happen. Other. I mean, you know there are... Oh, oh there's 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 uh, stories of like celebrities who were on shows together, like uh, Star Trek. Yeah, they were like they were like refused to have conversations with each other, but, but then they, they would shoot and, they and they're like, ah, ah cut, and they all walk away. Beam me up, Scott. Is that beam Scotty? Scotty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scotty. That, that was never said on that program. You know that? No, Scott. It wasn't. It was um, beam me up, Scotty's not on. No, yeah, yes, it's not. It is. He never said it. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I I'm gonna have check to call you on yeah, that one. We're yeah, I did a check it. Maybe, wow. this, maybe this will become the dividing line between. No, look, Mark, if you yes, find it, you, you, the three of you are gonna have to apologize. I, I'm not. I'm not taking sides on this one. Beat me up, Scotty. It's no, not there. It must never That's happen. The line. Nope, never happened. You know, it's kind of like that. Remember, um, it was Scotty beat me up. No, was it? Is it? Was it something like that? he never said beat me up, Scotty. It's kind of like. Star Wars? Luke, I am your father. He never said Luke. He didn't? No, he just said, I am your father. Oh, you're saying, look. Like, you killed him. <laughs> no, I He actually am said, your father. look, I'm your father. Oh, That's what it was. All right, while well, Mark researches that to prove Ray wrong. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, public apology, please. Uh, I apologize, Ray. Thank wow. you. You're right. Yeah, um, isn't that funny? Listen, I, you know, this is a broad conversation, and it, and it can cover a lot of different spectrums. Um, you've talked a little bit about, you've, you've already mentioned a few. There's disagreements between Christians. There's uh, abusive relationships. There's toxic relationships. There's non-believers who maybe you're evangelizing to. I certainly think there are times, and we can get into the details of this, there are times in which it's time to take a step back or consider how you pursue somebody or how you interact and relate to somebody. Uh, one of the first verses that I think of in the top of my head is do not cast your pearl before swines. The scriptures clearly clearly give us an indication that there's a time in which time is being wasted or the investment is to some sort of detriment. But before we get into the times in which that is the case, and there are times in which it's time to walk away or, or, or distance yourself from people, we should talk about the times where it's not the case. Mm-hmm. You kind of alluded to this. One of the things that that, that bums me out that I see out there is... Oh, is we can't say that in New Zealand or Australia or bums? England. Mm. Why? That's your rear end. What you're on. <laughs> <laughs> this program is also educational. Yeah. One of the things that noses me out... Yes. Is that better? better? Okay, good. <laughs> is, uh, and you've, you've alluded to this, is when Christians get so divisive that they cannot be in the same room when it's over secondary issues. Yeah, mm. I would go as far as saying that it is good for our minds. It is good for us to spend time with people who challenge us, yeah. who don't agree with us. This is surface level. But I was thinking about the relationship between me and you. We are very different, you and I. Yeah. I like my steak medium rare. You like <laughs> yours burnt to a crisp. The right way. I like my coffee with no cream and sugar. You like your cream and sugar with a smidge of coffee. The and right he's as intelligent. <laughs> That's true. And yeah, and I'm, and I'm a dummy. Yeah. Um, you know, those those are small issues, but but nonetheless, our, our differences should never divide us. Actually, the beauty of the gospel is that he brings together different tribes, 
tongues yeah. and nations, mm. different cultures, different understandings. And while these secondary issues, they're variants of the gospel, they're perspectives of the gospel. Sometimes the thing that makes us walk away from relationships isn't that that person is difficult, it's our own pride. And I think it's important in those secondary issue moments to re remember the humility of our, the humility of approaching a God that is mysterious. What I mean by that is this, if there's ever a time where I think I've got all my theologies and doctrines in order that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, yep, nailed that one, nailed that one, nailed that dude, guys, I got them all right. Like none of us are going to have all the, all of our theolo theological bingo cards checked right. We're going to be wrong somewhere. Shocker. We're going to be wronged somewhere. And so in that sense, approach differences with humility. Could you be wrong humility. about that? Yeah, Oscar. I guess yeah. I could be. But then again, it proves me right. Yes. That I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> You're right. And so we have to approach differences amongst Christians with humility and with grace. And we have to remember that those differences will strengthen the understanding that we have on who God is. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And and I think that it is a sign of humility when you're able to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to divide over this, even though I disagree." And there's nothing wrong with holding a stance firmly, strongly, passionately, but there has to be that attitude which says, "Hey, I'm going to agree to disagree." I mean, I, I love the example that we had, like between Dr. John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul. You know, I mean, they were both, they definitely both differed on eschatology. They definitely both you know, differed on, uh, you know, baptism, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of infant baptism and, and whatnot. They had differing views on different things, but man, they united for the sake mm -hmm. of the gospel and, and they loved each other and they were brothers in Christ. I think it's important for us to, to recognize the significance of that. But there are those times when it is appropriate to divide. But first we have to ask ourselves, especially as it relates to believers, have I gone through the biblical process? Yeah. Have I approached this biblically? All of us at one time or another have been sinned against by believers or we've sinned against others. And God has given us the prescription for how to deal with that. And that's Matthew 18, mm. you know, the, the process of approaching each other. And I love the way that, that it starts out dealing with that. It says, where is it here? Matthew 18. Uh, yeah, Matthew 18. I'm trying to find the exact verse. It's after 17. Is it after Before 17? 19. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just funny. read Psalm 119 while yeah, he's yeah, looking for it. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And he if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But he, if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he says, and again, I say to you, if two of you agree concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This is the prescription your brother sins against you, someone offends you, someone hurts you who claims to know Christ, you are called to take them alone and to tell you his fault. It says, take him between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But that's not what happens oftentimes. It didn't know? happen with me with Doug Arm. 
what happened with Dagam? You remember Dagam? Dagam, I remember the name. Dagam. Yeah. Uh, let me just refresh your memory. I thought it was. It's, no, I thought not it was a first and middle name. Doug Arm. No, it was, Doug's his name was Arm. Dagam. His whole name is Dagam. Yeah, I was preaching in local square, and this guy came up to me, and he was very repentant, and I took him back to our church. He became part of the church when he was water baptized. He came out of the water with just such drama. Everyone sort of applauded. It's such a magnificent conversion. And then he started stealing and stealing people's cars. And we found out it was a no multiple way. arsonist who was so angry I had to avoid him because he was going to beat me to a pulp. Oh, so I stayed wow. away from Doug Arm. Wow. <laughs> <Doug> Arm. <laughs> wow, that went south quickly. <laughs> it certainly did. Rachel always smiles when that name comes up. Well, it's, be- it's because I was naive to true and false conversion. I was only about six-year-old Christian, I think. And yeah. I didn't understand to watch for their fruits of humility. He was always had these big stories and he was always impressing people with what he did and Stuff like that. So yeah. I look back now and think, man, I was naive biblically. Yeah. yeah. And and but you know, I think there's there's so much wisdom in this. Mark, touch on that. First of all, the whole principle of taking your brother aside before you start talking to other people about it, before you bring it to a bunch of people, you take your brother alone and you talk to him. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't you want that to be done to you? Hmm. We see when John wrote inside the book of Revelation when he was rebuking the different churches, he kind of sandwiched that rebuke in between praise for the most part. You know, you got this going for you, you got this going for you, nevertheless, you have this going on, and then you have this going for you, right? There, there's a way, there's a tactical way to approach someone that you disagree with. We're to be at peace with all men as much as it is possible with us. Yeah. And it very well may be that you cannot be at peace with someone, but let that be on their end, not on your end. Mm. Let it be known that you did all that you can to reconcile and rectify a situation. Yeah. Consider, even right to the point where Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss— Jesus called him friend. Friend, why have you come? That he loved him, that there was a love, that there was a graciousness, rather, that there was a generosity in the voice, Mm. all the way to the very end. That's the way we need to treat people, right? So we need to be careful and just writing people off. Yeah, You know, we we can't get along with them. That's it. Get them out. Cut them out. Mm. There are certain people that we should, I believe, never cut out from our lives, for example, my, my family, if, if one of my boys were to commit an atrocious act where they have to now go serve prison time, and I don't care how atrocious it is, there is nothing my boy can do to get me out of his life. Mm. That's not to say I'm not going to be wise and allow him to be uh, around my family or in a situation where more harm perhaps could happen. Yeah. And by God's grace, nothing like this has happened. I will love him at a distance. Yeah, it's good. Not allowing him to be within a circle because I'm going to err on the side of grace, but I'm going to err on the side of grace towards the masses and the people that I need to protect. I need to protect the innocent at all costs. I need to be a place of refuge for people that need that place of refuge. There's nothing my mom and dad can do to get me out of their life. It doesn't matter how far they stray, no matter what they say, I'm not going anywhere. I am fully committed to certain people inside my life. Mark, you've even said that about this ministry, which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah I've said, Ray, you, you, you can fire me on Friday, but I'm going to show up on Monday. He actually did <laughs> fire you like a month ago. <laughs> I want to test ago. that out, Ray. We, we should really try that on Mark. Where's Mark? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, just to land the plane on that and give you a very practical example of what you're saying, I have a cousin 
who was like a brother. You know, I was an only child until I was 13. Then my girl, my sisters were born. But before that, the closest family member that I had was a cousin of mine that's a year and a half older than me. We were inseparable. We were like brothers to each other. We hung out every day. We rode bikes together every day. We got in trouble together. I mean, we did everything together. And at some point, he started getting into drugs. When we were teenagers, he started getting into drugs. And to this day, you know, I'm sad to say that he lives in a motel. He's still addicted to drugs. He doesn't see his daughter. Whenever we see him, he's he's high and he's dangerous. Him and I, he's gotten physical with me years and years and years ago. But nonetheless, if he ever calls me and he wants to grab a cup of coffee, I'll go, not to Starbucks, but I'll go. <laughs> if he ever calls me and he needs, you know, he's hungry, he needs a meal, I'd go buy him food. But at this point, I'm not giving him money. And on top of that, I'm not inviting him into my home. Yeah. Unfortunately, wow. I'm not inviting him into my home because yeah. it would put my children and my wife in danger. Mm -hmm. And that I need to draw the line there. And so in this situation, I'm not cutting him out of my life, but I've drawn boundaries for the safety and protection of myself. And, my yeah, and there's wisdom oh. attached yeah. to that, right? I mean, a wise man foresees danger and he hides himself. Well, he's not gonna go run off all by himself, right? How can I protect all the people around me? Mm. Ray has this line uh, about, and, but you say that it's not original. I don't know who it is, but a courage is not, the absence of fear. It's the conquering of it, yeah. mm. right? I don't remember how the line goes yeah, exactly. Ray, who said that originally? Um, sure, man. Yeah. Do you, are you in contact <laughs> with him? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> have it, have it, have it. Have it. <laughs> right, so in Revelation 21, it talks Courage about... Courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the conquering of it. Yeah. 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 There's another I, I liked it when Mark said it. There's another part of it too. Yeah, let's you see like the part of it. it. An act of courage isn't necessarily oh, done by those. An act of courage isn't necessarily done by those who feel brave when they do it. True courage is he who feels fear <laughs> and does it anyway. I don't think I've ever said that passively. Uh, it's always been with fire in my heart because I'm how to be, how to get on fire. I for love God. where the emphasis lies. Yeah, in Revelation 21, it says that uh, no coward will be in heaven. It's an interesting oh. thing. We need to protect those around us. Uh, we need to be there for us. And that very well may be that we are going to cut out or hold out at arm's distance mm. certain people inside of our lives because we love yeah. people. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to note that there is a difference between forgiveness and consequences. In other words, I'm always called to forgive. But again, if I forgive the man who was supposedly my friend and was in my house and made a pass at my wife when I walked into the other room, oh, I'm going to forgive him, but he's never coming into my house and being alone with my wife again. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So people don't realize that. Someone will say, oh, I, you know, will you forgive me? Yes. Oh, great. Then you know, you're going to let me uh, be able to walk into your house after I robbed you blind. That, that's what that means. No. Again, sometimes it could entail that. It depends on what it is. But, but there is a difference between forgiveness and consequence. Romans 16, 17, 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions. Sorry, Mark. Mark them which cause divisions <laughs> and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Yeah. That's so right. that's doctrine is so important. If someone's causing division in a local church, they want to destroy it. They don't yeah. care about it. I love it when Solomon found out the true mother was the one that would not divide that body. Yeah. Solomon said, I'll cut it in half, give you half each. One says, yeah, 
toss it over here. Mm. No, the other one says, no, no, let it live. And that's what we should be like with the local church. Some want to divide the body through secondary issues, and they're not the real mother. They're not the real convert. Yeah. They don't have the wisdom that's from above that's pers- open to reason and peaceable, etc. That's good, Ray. I'm glad you brought that one out. So yeah, that, that's that's another one. When, when someone is being divisive in, in terms of doctrine or being heretical, that's an appropriate time for us to, to separate and say, we can't maintain, because it also taints the body. It taints the rest of the church. If this person is apparently associated with the church, then it gives people the impression that's what the church teaches or believes. Mm-hmm. But, but before we, we dive any deeper into any of those, I just want to say the process of Matthew 18 is for the hope that there would be restoration. Yep. But, but you, look at, you look at the kind of the extreme measure like they're becoming to you like a like a heathen and a tax collector. Like those are those are like the, the worst extremes you could think of. The sense is like, hey, <laughs> I'm thinking of California tax collectors. Oh boy, especially. <laughs> but hey, I approach you. You've offended me. You've sinned against me. First, I don't gossip. I don't slander. I don't go around, you know, whipping myself up into a frenzy. Maybe I misunderstood. Hmm. Hmm. You know, maybe I didn't get that right. Maybe the person who told me this person did this toward me or, or said this about me is not being honest, or maybe they misheard or misunderstood. Approach them with a very humble question. Hey, brother, you know, you said this, or you did this. Am I understanding this? Am I missing something here? You might spare yourself a whole bunch of heartache just from that, because they might go, oh, actually, what I said was this. Remember, Ray, you and I yes. years ago? What? Oh, that's the dumb? Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Remember you and I years ago, we were emailing about something, and you said dumb. I think it was texting. You're wrong about or emailing. Texting. Yeah, I probably didn't have texting. That was probably email. Yeah. Whatever it was. But I, you said dumb, and I thought you were saying that what I said was dumb, or and it wasn't that at all. And then you clarified it, and it yeah. was like, ah. But I was in turmoil for a long I'm like, yeah. what? Because I was being dumb, I think. I says, I'm dumb. I, just I think you were saying it about yourself, and yes. I thought you were saying it about me. Yeah, yes. something like that. But selfish, you are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. What? <laughs> Stop fighting, guys. Yeah. But anyway, so... You do that, hey, it do, but then if it's evident that they did and it's clear, well, then you confront them. They don't repent. Then you take, you take someone else with you or a couple people with you. Now there's witnesses. Now you're taking it to the next level. You're, you're pleading with them. They don't hear you out. Then you take it to the church. Now it's taking it to the next level. And then if they don't hear the church, well, then action needs to be taken to where it's demonstrated that sin cannot be tolerated as God's people we have to maintain humility and, and walk in the love God's called us to love. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Yeah. And then you, I'd say that. you know, you do that. You know, if you realize that there's friction between you and another individual, Matthew 5.23 makes it very clear that when you bring your gift to the altar and you realize your brother has something against you, not that you have something against your brother, yeah. but you think that there is some friction going on between you and that person, leave your gift at the altar, go be reconciled with your brother, and then come back. Yeah. We had, we do that backwards here, right? Yeah. We we tend to think, well, the noble thing is, you know, I got something against Oscar. I need to go and talk to Oscar, which mm-hmm. you should, right? Go and mm-hmm. talk to that. Mm-hmm. But if I think that Oscar may have something against me, Matthew five twenty three makes it very clear. Hey, wow. leave your gift. Go talk to Oscar. Make sure that the air is cleared up. Boy, that and happened. Then move forward. Uh, the Lord convicted me. This is probably about a year ago. Uh, we were a Sunday service. You know, we start going through communion. I was so blind to it until we got to the point of communion. The Lord just convicted me so hard that I was short with my daughter that morning, mm. and I was like, "You were I, what with your daughter? How tall?" I was. I was Ray Comfort with her, <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, "I got to go ask for her apology. I, I have to tell her. I have to let her know that I realized that I sinned against her this morning." And so I left. 
I walked into children's ministry. I pulled her out and I got on my knee and I was like, hey, I was I was short with you this morning and that's not okay. And what I was her response so when you did sorry. that? Your kids want to forgive Isn't you. Isn't that amazing? So yeah. quick, man. Wow. They're so quick to forgive you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And there are other times too, and this is counterintuitive based on human reasoning. And that's the danger, guys. Anytime we set God's word aside, we're going to inevitably veer toward man's wisdom and reasoning, and that's always going to be destructive. It doesn't make sense to me to separate from someone who's not walking straight with the Lord, because how am I going to reach them? Mm. But, but listen to this. This is this is First uh, Corinthians 5, uh, beginning in verse 1. It is actually reported there, that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even imagined. And then, you know, he goes on from there, and he goes about being puffed up and the way that they're acting. And then he goes on and he says, in verse nine, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to be go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a one. This, again, is another place where it is appropriate to separate from people and to not have them in your life in a regular pattern. I'm not, yeah. It's not an issue of not being able to, have, to speak into their life or to be an influence, but you don't maintain regular friendship relations, and it's for their good and the, and key, the key good it, of the body. And I like that you, you mentioned it doesn't mean you don't communicate with them in any way, shape, or form, because the key phrase is to eat with them, and there's cultural context to that. To eat with somebody, that's not like I randomly just go have a meal with somebody real quickly. To eat with somebody in the New Testament was a very intimate act, and it was a long process. They were in your home for hours. They they communed with you, spent time with you. It wasn't the same kind of eat that, you know, if I if I go meet somebody for coffee and have a pastry with them, and they're a non-believer and I'm having a conversation, I'm not sinning because I'm technically eating with them. This is intimate relational community in that context. Yeah. And that's what it's calling you out of to protect, again, to protect you and to protect your family. Yeah. And to protect the church. Yeah. You know, and the context here was this guy who was who was basically sleeping with his stepmother. Yeah. Right. And yet in Second Corinthians, we've talked about it before. It seems like this guy repented, and then Paul talks about restoring him mm. and being careful that he's not swallowed up by too much mm. sorrow, which is just so touching, yeah. you know? But Mark, we've seen restoration with excommunications. There's nothing more sad inside of a church when you see somebody who's excommunicated. It's so sad. Yeah. But at the same time, there, there is a beauty to excommunication because the shepherds who are going to give an account to the Lord for the sheep that they oversee, that they are protecting the sheep from the enemy that comes on in. We have been a part of a couple different churches where people have been excommunicated and then they've come back into the fold with repentance. Mm. And it's so sad because it's sad in the sense that you chose to learn the way of the storm instead of learning in the sanctuary, as yeah. we talked a few podcasts ago, that the way of the transgressor is hard. Mm. There's no peace for the wicked, nor is there peace for the righteous who choose to do some sort of a wicked thing for a season. We need to be careful with that. Allow me for just a moment to talk about a toxic relationship that I had inside my life with, with a girlfriend that I had. And I, I was freshly born again, and I knew that I had to remove her from my life, if you would. And I would go to break up with her, and she wouldn't let me. 
She would not allow me to break up with her. And I went away to Bible college, by and large, to try to get away from this woman. And as I was at Bible college, some friends said, hey, go down and go break up with her right now. We'll be praying for you the entire time when you leave, and we won't stop until you get back. Well, I did. I left. I tried to break up with her. She said no. I came back up, and I said, nope, she wouldn't let me break up with her. And then I had kind of this idea. You come back, Rick. Uh, We're married. We're married. (laughs) Right? And so... The way we broke up was we never actually ended up breaking up. I think we're still dating to this day, which my kids laugh at. (laughs) But I I said, listen, I I really believe that God wants us to spend time apart. And Mm. she said, you're breaking up with me. And I said, no, I'm not breaking up. We just can't spend any time together. She says, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I said, well, we're not going to talk on the phone. You know, we're not going to write. We're not going to hang out. We're not going to go eating. We're just not going to hang out. She's all... That sounds like a breakup. I go, no, we're not breaking up. She says, well, what can we do together? Mark, I said, are you a man or a mouse? <laughs> I said, weird. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. I go, we're not breaking up. We're just not going to do anything together. She's all, is that a breakup? I go, no, <laughs> we're not breaking up. She's all, Ray's well, so how long is it going to be all. like this? And I said, indefinite. I, I don't know until maybe the Lord brings us back together. Man, Mark, have you forgotten about the power of halitosis? Eat <laughs> some onions. She, she got inside of her vehicle and she drove away, and I felt this freedom, this this freedom that came upon me with our non-breakup breakup. And a month later, she was engaged to my best friend. What? Yeah, it was. Wait, she cheated on you? Crazy? No, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not like, no, yeah. Let me bring some context to this, Mark. We're talking about a time when you used to be really good looking. <laughs> this is before the so dog true. bite. Wow, Mark, what a story! Mm, but we need to cut out certain people of our lives. Maybe we need to be wise on how we go about doing that. But we definitely need to have people in our corner praying for us and giving us wisdom on how to go about handling those situations. Yeah. Well, let me give a disclaimer, which I know you've given in past episodes and I've given as well. And it's this, that if you find yourself in a relationship, if you, especially if you're a spouse, a parent, and you find yourself in a relationship that's abusive, physically abusive, mm. verbally abusive, uh, uh, spiritually abusive, um, listen, you need to get yourself to a place of safety. Right, yeah. um, you cannot pursue reconciliation. You cannot pursue forgiveness when you are in the midst of danger, and that person is not ready to repent when he when he or she is in the midst of abusing you. You need to get yourself to safety. You need to let others know about it. Other trusted people who will come to your aid and help you in that journey. And let me flip the script on that. If you find yourself convicted because people have cut you out of their lives, and you're recognizing the sin that you've committed against those people, consider this: they're turning away from you. And the pain that that might cause you is a small glimpse of what it would be for God to fully turn away from you. Mm. And so allow this to bring you to a place of repentance and transformation. And know this, that you cannot first be reconciled horizontally to your friends and family members until you are first reconciled vertically to your creator, God. And so repent and allow the Holy Spirit to transform you so that you are reconciled to him before anything else. Yeah, amen. For the importance of a touch of mercy in all of these things, you have to remember how so long suffering the Lord has been with you and how gracious he's been with you. And so, you know, the aim again is always reconciliation. It's always restoration. It's always the hope that if in any way possible, this could be restored. You always wanna aim for that. You wanna be careful not to be petty 
You know, the, some of the things that people end up fighting over years later, they can't even remember what it was, like legitimately, what was it? And it was probably some dumb little thing that they allowed dumb? to grow. Dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the story I told about a husband and wife in a divorce court where she said, you started it when you went out and slammed the door. And he said, I didn't slam the door. And the wind had caught the door and that had started the whole wow. divorce proceedings. Yeah, exactly. Th those misunderstandings. Even... Paul as well, when he, he was writing to the Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, he said in chapter 3, verse 6, he says, but we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. And he goes on and, and says some more things, but then he says, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. And then he, he exhorts them. And he says, as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Mm -hmm. So there's that hope you know, of admonishment that we're not treating each other like enemies. We're taking certain steps for the hope that there will be full restoration. And that's key. But as Oscar said, with abusive people, you must separate. You must be in a place of safety. And you may possibly never be in a place where it's right to be back together because what was done was so dangerous and serious. Also, something I'd just like to mention about being careful with the whole thing. I hear so many people say, I got a restraining order, and the person ends up still getting murdered by that person, mm -hmm. even with a restraining order. Almost, it's just window dressing sometimes. So yeah. you've got to really get out of that. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be very careful in those ways. And so anyhow, friends, take your heart to the Lord, allow him to temper all feelings, all thoughts, all emotions, and make sure you submit them all to him. Well, there you go. It's a miracle. What are you showing? What's going on? What's I'll this? What's all? Oh, later. Anyway, friends, uh, thank you for joining us. Remember the mugs. Get the mugs. Wait, wait. Don't something going on here. We're gonna no, turn no, around. No, yeah. no. Don't out. get the mugs and all this stuff. <laughs> Don't forget the evidence study Bible. And uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. Where we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs>